You can always tell them you played one game. Well, this bloke played a lot more than one game. And three premierships and all that, as well as a number of grand finals. His career finished up at Hawthorne, but it started uh, not so glamorously, though, back at the St Kilda Football Club. This week, Russell Green. segment's called You Can Always Tell Them You Played One Game, because we're going to go back to your very first game <laughs> and talk about that, you know, and that's a long time ago. We know you played a few more. But... Yeah, 1974, Kevin, um, versus Fitzroy, which were they, as we all know now, the Brisbane Lions, uh, played on a bloke called Renato Serafini, and uh, I remember his number, I'm pretty sure it was number four, but then I could be wrong. Um and very fortunately, um, we we had a win, which was uh, which was um, great. And all I ever wanted to do, Kevin, as a as a kid, um, was to play what was now AFL, but BFL in those days. So, um, as a young fella from Frankston, um, it was it was a huge and and I was fortunate enough to play for fifteen years, and that very first game is still very much etched in my memory and I remember the very first two touches I had in it I grubbed two left foot kicks along the ground (laughs) (laughs) it isn't amazing you remember stuff like that yeah but it was um, you know I was very very fortunate to um, have been involved in two two clubs I love St Kilda and I love the Hawks and um, yeah very fortunate to have been able to play AFL footy at the highest level for 15 years Russell, I um, my inspiration in in ringing you to ask you onto the show was I, I was relayed an anecdote about which sounded like a tall story to me, huh. but uh, Russell Green didn't play in our under sixteen cricket grand final because he had to make his VFL debut with St Kilda. Now, can you verify or or dis disbunk that uh, particular story, yeah. Paul? Um, I. It was I, I played for Frankston under fourteens, under sixteens, uh, and then the cricket, yeah. after under sixteens we moved yeah cricket, and then we moved to uh, sub district cricket. But I was very ordinary. I was very very petrified of that little red cherry um, <laughs> flying around at my heads. <laughs> so I played in C grade and had an amazing time with my uh, future brother-in-law. Um, a lot of other fellas, and we we made the grand final. And the week of the grand final, um, the first week, because in those days games were played over two two weekends, yep. and I was training at St Kilda, and <clears throat> I had the opportunity to uh, to play in a practice match uh, in the seniors against North Melbourne, and my opponent was the absolutely unbelievably fantastic. Number twenty-seven for North Melbourne, Keith Gregg, All right. <clears throat> and I didn't realise that was, if I knew I was going to be playing on Keith Gregg, I probably would have played in the cricket grand final, which was always fun. <laughs> but um, it was a great uh, initiation into footy to watch one of the masters in those days. Paul, when we played, we, we played on the one person for the entire game, <clears throat> and to have just watched and absorbed. Everything that Keith did um, really was a huge 
a huge lesson for me because he kicked my backside and it was just a huge uh, thrill. I mean, being a football nut, you know, to play on a dual Brownlow medalist was... Um, well, it sounds cruel. Yeah. I mean, he just, at 73, he just won the Brownlow, Russell. You, yeah, you, were, you, you, I mean, you were 16 yeah. years of age yet to play an AFL game. So who was your yeah. coach? Yabby Jeans. Why would he put you... Yeah, yeah. Why, why would he put you well, on Keith um, Well, no, I, I think Yabby just, Yabby just wanted to see, you know, how, how I would stand up. Uh, and, and, and how'd you stand up? Paul, in those days, um, it looked... Practice matches weren't the same as they were today. I mean, it was, it was kind of you know just half-hearted, it's like beach cricket, um, and just and but for me to play against him yeah. um, was just oh, I mean, a huge, huge, absolute. Uh, and I still think about today playing on my very first practice match, a dual Brownlow medalist who is one of the all-time greats in AFL footy. So you learn from. The, the greats, and um, fortunately, I was able to take a few because he absolutely bolted me. But it was it was fantastic fun. So, so it's a bit of a myth then. I mean, you didn't miss you didn't miss a cricket grand final to play in your first AFL game. You missed one for a practice match. Yeah, practice match. Yeah, sounds like you did well in the practice match because you've ended up making your debut. Maybe it was even the <clears> next week in round one of that season, nineteen seventy four. Um, so you must have done it right in that practice match, it sounds. Or you you at least showed that you were made of the right stuff, that you would have a go. You weren't overawed by the occasion of playing on Keith Gregg, it sounds. Yeah, no, well, I, I think, look, um, I think my... Uh, I was just, just hungry, Paul, and kept, um, just to to get a game. Of, all I wanted to do was just play once. Um, and the opportunity presented itself the week later. Um, I remember prior to um, playing in that game, Melon Jeans um, pulled me out of the group that I was in and brought me up into the senior group and he asked me to do some one-on-one as um, with a bloke called Neil Bazenko. The stallion, his nickname was at St Kilda and... What was his name, sorry? The Stadium. Neil, the Stadium. Sorry? <laughs> his nickname was The Stadium. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what his nickname was. That's yeah. right. Yeah. On the, you know, the Stadium. He, he was a, apparently a very good runner. Well, running family. And, uh, his brothers were runners yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I think in I mean, training, Paul, in those days, was very barbaric compared to <laughs> what it is. Not a bad description, actually. Yeah. Right? Uh, it was. It was just. Um, yeah, compared to what they do now, it's just. <laughs> I mean, you just grin and just say, "Oh, not in today's footy." Um, would have loved to have been involved. In it. But getting back to Neil, and I think when you know Yabby chucked the ball out, and we had the battle for it, and bring it back, and I think. I, yeah, competitive work. You know, I I think I broke even with Neil. So then he thought, well, okay, well Neil's a pretty good player. Let's let's uh, let's give him another test the following week. And then I run out in the ground. I'm up against number 27. And on the other wing was number 20, which uh, Wayne Shilwell was an absolute superstar. Well, good centre line yeah. when you mention yeah, <laughs> when you yeah. talk about it like that. Yeah, look, I don't I don't know. I can't remember who was in the guts, but um, John Burns maybe. Yeah, John Byrne, one of the John Burns, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. So it was a, a great initiation, and uh, I can still remember it vividly. You, you you mentioned you were you know hungry for a game. You're just hungry. You're 65 kilos for goodness sake. It's a wonder they didn't snap you in two. 
No, no. <laughs> well, well, look at today. You know, I, I, I teach at this school called Manabek in in Cranbourne, and and you know, I, I teach. We're involved with kids from preps, which are four to five year olds up to eighteen year olds, and and I quite often think. Um, I was oh, sorry about that. I, I I was playing when I was these kids' age. Yeah, uh, you're, you're looking at year 11s. I was your age, yeah. and I was playing senior footy against mad people. I mean, you could name many, I suppose. But yeah, you must look at those guys and think. Yeah, well, I remember the, that very first game I played. Um, um, a boy called Alan Davis. Um, yeah. ran off the, the square and just whacked the Ruck McCulloch, I think his name was, from Perth, and I forget his first name, and got four weeks for it. And, I, and, and then we played, in those days you played each side twice, and he did it again. And I said to Dave, why would you run off the square and just whack him? He said, well, he thinks he's tough. I'm going, jeez. The merest provocation it was in those days, wasn't it? Oh, it was ridiculous and, um, when you think about it. Paul... Paul and Kev, I, I, the very, my very first few years were there was no, there was one umpire, yes. there was no video, there's no video reporting type system. Um, blokes used to go to sleep all the time. It was brutal. I remember um, talking about Owen Davis fixing up the uh, McCulloch, the big ruckman from uh, Fitzroy. I remember playing against Hawthorne and Ian Bremner. Um, ran through Alan Davis, and the shock waves were about ten metres away from me, and they reverberated through me. I said, "Oh God, what am I doing out here?" Um, yeah, it was it was it was com- a completely and utterly different culture mm-hmm. than than what it is now in, in many many ways. And um, but um, it's I, mean, I often reflect on. Um, you know, when you're laying in bed at night and stuff like that, remember the time this happened and stuff like that. I was, Yabby always said to us, Paul, when you finish, all you've got is your memories. And, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate. Um, I've experienced both ends of the uh, of the scale. Uh, three wooden spoons at St Kilda. Remember getting done by 178 points once. Oh, that much against St Kilda? At St Kilda, 178 points. And it was Dacos's first Sorry, game. Thank God he didn't. Thank he, thank God he didn't get a kick. Uh, Sam Magro <laughs> and Ken Worthington were in the back pocket. They were kicking goals, and I remember Mike Patterson saying to us at halftime, "I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're 100 points down." Um, <laughs> it's been 78, I reckon, that one. Yeah, correct. No, I reckon 79. 78, we did all right. Um, oh, sorry, you're right. You never made the five that year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah no, yeah. But um, yeah, it was amazing. I've experienced all. The highs, the lows, and and oh look, I'm, I keep referring to Yabby because he was the greatest person I've ever 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 met in, in footy, and I'm not alone in that regard. For him, he was just an amazing man, and so many things. I mean, even today when I when I talk to kids and stuff like that, I I regurgitate a lot of his sayings, and, and kids say, well, "Where did you get that from?" And I have to be honest, and I say, "Well." I learned this and I was told this from such and such a person. But it was an um, amazing time. Um, 1973, I started. Well, can um, I ask you about that, Russell? Because 1973, did you, when you were 15, you were playing, your junior club was the Pines? famous. Club. Yeah, junior club was the Pines, yeah. And were you on the radar of St Kilda from like a very, when you, you made your debut at 16. Were you on the radar at 14 or 15 or what, what, what was the story? Well, Paul, I, look, I don't think it was as, 
sophisticated as it is now. No. Um, I'm sure they had recruiting offices and, and so forth. But word gets around. Uh, Even in those days, word got around. There's a young boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm sure they had clubs. But what do you remember? When I first started, um, you had a senior, a senior coach who was part-time. You didn't have a seconds coach. True. You had a, a football manager who actually ran the place. I'm pretty sure there was six or seven full-time staff in 1973, 74. Now um, there's 75, 80, 80 people um, full-time. And it's just an amazing way in which it's it, it's 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 developed. Um, and it will keep keep doing so. And, and I love today's game, completely different to the game that we played. Um, but it will continue to evolve. And it's amazing. It's so important that young people are involved, even if they can't play in the highest level. Now it's fantastic. We've got the um, AFLW, the women are involved, women are playing. It's uh, Because when you get to my age, um, you know, I'm now 62, uh, it's so important to have, uh, to be involved in if it's not AFL footy or soccer or, or what, just the club to keep to keep involved because later on in life, if you're not involved and your friends move on and your partner moves on, you, you've got something to fall back on. And footy, I know forever I'll be able to call on the AFL. I'm fortunate enough to be an AFL life member. I've got the Hawthorne, I'm a life member at the Hawthorne Footy Club and I've got my St Kilda Football Club pass to, to call on. It's so important they have that, and I've been very fortunate to be involved in, in two fantastic clubs. But Russell, did, did you have a good seat? Did you play senior footy at Frankston in the VFA in, no, as, no, as no. a fifteen-year-old or sixteen? Um, I came from. I played under fourteens with the Pines, yep. and we won the flag, which was absolutely fantastic. And then um, my brother-in-law played for Frankston under nineteens. He played in the Premiership a year before, and then they were looking for players. Because in those days, there's only 16 a side. In of course, yeah. Who was your, your brother-in-law, Russell? Give him a uh, his name's Greg Ross, the Frankston fella. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we um, think, well, look, uh, do you want to play under-17s in the or at the Pines or come down and play with me and Frankston? So, yeah, I also spoke to mum and dad about it, and um, they were a bit worried because it was under-19s. Mm. And I promise you, that year really, really uh, geared me up for uh, for the AFL, VFL in those days, footy, because we are playing teams like Morty Alec, playing teams like Brunswick, and every second bloke had tattoos. And in those days... <laughs> they do now, they, but they're they fashionable were ones. Real, they were real tattoos. They weren't just tattoos. No. And that. They were really hard men. And I remember playing against Yarraville, down at Frankston one day, and I just pushed this bloke away to get the footy, and he's going, whack, whack, whack. And I'm going, jeez, you mean... But I was very fortunate. I had my brother-in-law, Greg Ross, who could hold him up, and I had a bloke called Tony Barlow, who unfortunately is no longer with us. And he was... Um, I'm sure you boys can remember TV Ringside. Yes. And um, Tony used Kev, to box Kev. on that. He was a little bulldog, and whack, whack. And those, I was very fortunate. As, you know, being a 14-year-old, these blokes really looked after me. And I've got to emphasise that there was only 16 players each week turned up. So it wasn't, I wasn't keeping anyone out of the side. We just had the bare 16. Exactly. And from, coming from Frankston, 
a lot of them turned up pretty shabby on the on the Saturday <laughs> morning. So I'm not talking shabby. I'm talking more than shabby. Okay. So, but they well, turned up. That's all right. They, but at least they turned up. So we had 16 aside. And I can't thank my grounding at Flankston enough. Um, uh, a gentleman called Alan Wicks, who played for Collingwood, um, he started up the Frankston Junior um, Frankston Junior District Football League. And if it wasn't for him, um, I'm hopeful I would have made AFL VFL later on. But um, if he hadn't started it up, um, not just me, but so many men, you know, Stewie Lowe, Robbie Harvey, Nathan Burke, the list goes on, Grant Thomas, who coached and played, uh, Nick McCarthy. I mean, so many blokes because of Alan Wicks, um, because of his initiative and his love. And he's still working um, unbelievably for not just the Frankston VFL side, but the Frankston community. He's one of the best people anyone could ever meet. Right. Now, Russell, you played, you've gone from Frankston under-19s in 1973, and I have no doubt you played extremely 72. Well. 72, 72, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've gone to making your debut for St Kilda round one, nineteen seventy four, age sixteen, wearing number thirty five. You're playing Fitzroy at Moorabbin. So far, we know that you. I think it's quite audacious that your first two kicks were on your left foot for a start, but you've grubbed them both. <laughs> yeah, they'll grub us. They'll grub us. Tell us about the rest of the game because you actually uh, got a fair bit of the ball. How, how do you recall it? Yeah, oh, um, it's kind. Of, look, there's bits and pieces um, of you. Your career that kind of stick in your mind, and because it was, look, we all remember our first experiences at, at anything. Uh, they, they stick with you. Um, <laughs> I remember it was a wet, miserable type afternoon. Was it? Uh, at look, I'm, and we played Fitzroy. I know that we won, yep. and I know that I snapped a ball over my shoulder at the Frankston end, not the city end of. The, the ground, mm-hmm. and I kicked the goal, and I'm pretty sure I went into um, Mike Williamson's show, Football Inquest. Oh, did you? And I remember, um, I can't remember, Shell or something, some, um, uh, Blue Adams from, from, or someone. Blue Adams who died this yeah, week. Yeah, he did too, yes. Yeah, yeah, Blue Adams. And he asked me questions and stuff like that. And it was like I had 400 marshmallows in my mouth. <laughs> I'm going, oh, what's going on here? I can't, you know, I mean, it was, I've never, you know, I've come from, you know, I lived, lived in a K out of, out of the Pines, which I still to this day love dearly. Um, went to school there, played footy there. All of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, I'm, I'm, I'm on TV um, with um, Mike Williamson, who's an absolute icon of our sport. Mm. So it was. I remember doing and distinctly, distinctly remember the following week where we played Melbourne at um, the MCG. Um, my legs were like rubber. I mean, I was so hyped up for the first game. The second game was just. I mean, if you saw me play my second game, you would have thought. Oh well, like you might get one, one or two more. That's yeah. that's about it. Because I was just, I, I don't know what happened. I got completely overawed, and I remember playing on Yabby Chutney. For some reason, I, now, this might sound strange because you boys obviously know your footy. You chucked me to centre forward. I was on Gary Harden, Gary, yes, Gary Hardman. Yes, number thirty-three. It was an absolute, 
number superstar. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm getting knees in the back of the head, and he's taking screamers over me and stuff. Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we used to chuck blokes around a fair bit. And, um, you finished so, second in the Brownlow one year, I reckon. So Gary Hardiman, second or third, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around that time player. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sounds like you might have got three votes that day. <laughs> no, no, I got about three kicks. But, um, yeah, no, I just, I've just been blessed to, to have been right. able to be involved with some um, two clubs. And... Right. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on the uh, the result of that first game. St Kilda did win, defeated Fitzroy by forty points. Yep. 11-17-83. So there's a wonky old scoreline to 6-7-43. You trailed by two points at the last change, then kicked 7-7 seven, seven to 1-1 one, one in the last quarter. Russell Green got 17 kicks, five marks, four handballs, and kicked one goal. It sounds like you were running on adrenaline, doesn't it? We're given the second yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Elliott got the most disposals. Stuart, Crot, Stuart Trott and Paul Callery also played well. Georgie Young kicked three goals. Yeah, and John Murphy and Gary Wilson were probably yeah. Fitzroy's best. So there's a bit of a rundown. You were behind at the last change, but you won comfortably in the end. Last quarter surges wouldn't have been unknown at Moorabbin. They were fairly emotional. Was, was it? Did you feel the crowd behind you there, especially as a teenager, Russell? I mean, it must have been quite intoxicating, yeah, well, I imagine. The, well, all I knew is that we won, and we won comfortably. And But I didn't realise it was that close at three-quarter time. I remember you mentioned Glenn Elliott. Glenn Elliott, Albert, Albert was his nickname. Albert, um, yeah. yeah, number eight. Yes, play. He won the best and fairest that year. Yep, that's right. Um, Glenn was predominantly used initially as a a tagger. Um, Gene's he always used to try and nullify the best player in the opposition, and uh, he was an absolute fantastic player, Glenn Elliott. And who was the other fellow you mentioned? Uh, Stewie Trot. Yes, number seven. Trotty was, um, I'm not sure, the, uh, Tubby Lawrence might have been captain, but maybe it was Stewie Trot. Stewie was a fantastic player. Paul Callery? Now, all... Yeah, Nugget. Now, you you mentioned that I wore 35. Yes. I did not. And now that's, but, but that, if you go to Cole Hutchison's record, who's the, the guru. Well, there's two number the, 35s listed, you and Paul Callery yeah, on the yeah, AFL yeah. tables oh, well, thing. What happened? Nugget, Nugget, um, Tamba. Protein. He had all me and little nicknames. <laughs> he, he was a senior play, senior player at Melbourne, and he had played I don't know maybe a hundred games at Melbourne. Yeah. And when he came across, um, my number for the seconds was thirty five in nineteen seventy three. And I said, Paul, you're a senior player. You, here's your number. And he said, Thank you, Greeny. I'll take that. And I reckon it was a bloke called Alan Scott from Western Australia who played a handful of games. He wore 29, and I then took over that number. Is that right? So the records are yeah. wrong. Well, yeah, I, I, They're right-ish. it was recorded as 35. Uh, technology wasn't quite up to date as it was. Yes. But I've, I've already spoken to Cole about that. I definitely wore 29 for my first year. Okay. Definitely wore twenty nine. And, and then, what did you get? This, did you go to six after that? Is that I right? I wore six for a year. Yeah. Um, my brother Mark, who played seven games for the club, he wore six, uh, and we swapped jumpers. The club wanted me to wear a lower number, so I went to six, and he took over twenty nine. Uh, Which is what you wore at Hawthorne in the end, isn't it? Yeah. So we we, we swapped jumpers, and yeah. So, uh, but you know, most famous number six. 
six is Bob Murray, um, oh, premiership player, full full back, a fantastic player for the all time great at the St Kilda Football Club. See, we write we we write history in this on this segment. That's what this segment's all about, Granny. We rewrite the history of the game. <laughs> You really hear you really hear of mistakes in the records, like no, that. like considering how many that. considering how many details there are over the history. Yep. Of and I've, I've looked down that I've looked down that uh, team list about ten times. Look at a Bruce Duperuzel and all the blokes that you played with in that first game. And it was only yeah. then when you mentioned that that I picked up the fact there were two number thirty fives. Yeah, well, yeah. Bruce, now, um, Bruce's now, first he, game for the Saints actually that day was that right? Yes, game. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce, um, Paul, and I all all debuted. That's right. Um, but Duper, I think, had already played. Hundred plus games with Claremont, I think. Yes, in WA. Before he and he, he, he was a super little player. Number three, I remember doing his um, his Achilles out of Collingwood and running along the ball and snap. Uh-huh. And then the following week, another number three. Now I'll test your memory here, boys. Number three was taken over by a former Premiership Brownlow medalist. The following week, who was that? That's in Kilda. At St Kilda, war number three in his career, Brownlow medalist, came back and played the following week after Duba did his. Ross Smith. Oh, really? Okay, and also the great... 1970 uh, Brownlow medalist? No, 1970. Yeah, well, well, no, it wasn't 70. But anyway, so, but anyway, Smitty came back and played, and also I also played with... um. PE teacher like yourself, Russell, I think, wasn't he? Russell? Oh, no, he became a professor. Sorry. I, <laughs> Not like I, yourself. I, I, he became a professor. I, I, I remain a dunce. But also, <laughs> boys, also, I also played with the great Bob Murray. Now, Bob played at... Now, I know you might find this hard to believe, but Bob, because he was playing at Sandringham and there was a bye, either one way or the other, he was able to come back and played at St Kilda for, I reckon, one or two games. Um, and he, I don't think he played full-back, but he definitely played. So I played um, with... Uh, very fortunate to have played with Bob Murray for maybe one game, Ross Smith for a number of games, Cowboy Neil, Brian Minot, um, Jeff Moran, um, Premiership players. And it was it was huge, huge thrill for me. So that's one for the for the uh, archives, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. And uh, can we just fast forward a little bit, Russell? Round eight, nineteen eighty. You played in no. Securitas, lost to Geelong at Kidinia Park. Yep. Round nine, nineteen eighty. You played in Hawthorns, five point loss to North Melbourne at Waverley. So, <laughs> but when people these days can't imagine it happening, but it did happen in those days where you were cleared yep. from one club, you played for the, you played yeah, for another yeah, club the next yeah. week. Absolutely. In those days, you had the opportunity to leave a club by the 30th of January if you wanted the clearance. I think it happened to Michael Malthouse. Yeah, you Michael did. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe Val Perovic, you know, a couple of others. So you killed a really good moving players on who become premiership players at other clubs. <laughs> you know, Paul Harding's another one. Uh, all of this, it's, it's riddled with them. But, uh, yeah, so r- round eight in 1980, we played down at Cadinia Park and just got a whack in. I played on Mickey Turner. The actual year before, we were playing down there and, and the bus broke down. The axle broke. <laughs> in 19, so in 1979, I think, we got down there. We just got stripped on the bus and ran out onto the ground, got whacked by 100 points. So I've got some great memories of playing down at 
Cadinia Park. So 1980, round eight, you got absolutely whacked, played on a super player called Mickey Turner, yes. uh, an absolute superstar of the VFL in those days on the wing. Uh, Jezza was the coach. Um, he was the second of my fourth four coaches that year. Um, my two boys worked that out. Yep. And so... Uh, trained all week. We're playing just as the coach at this stage. We're leading into round nine. Trained Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Picked on Thursday night to play against Hawthorne. Uh, Jezza said you're playing on Dougie Hawkins. Green, you got to play a little bit better than what you did last week. I said, yeah, Jezza, I'll give us give them the best, mate. So I drive home from <laughs> Linton Street to my house. It's about six or seven minutes. Uh, at that stage, we didn't have any children, and I had a, this mad Rottweiler who just loved me dearly, and I loved him too, and we would go for a walk every night. Um, Roxy said, you can't go anywhere. My wife said, you can't go anywhere because Don Scott's winging back. I'm going, well, who's Don Scott? No, I had no <laughs> idea. It was Don Scott, the, the captain of the Hawks. The Don Scott, Scott. Yeah, the Don Scott. So, Scotty rang back. Um probably about five minutes after I got home, he said, Ian Drake, um, Porridge, which is his, nick- his nickname, Porridge, will meet you at Moravon tomorrow with your boots. Make sure you're there at 10 o'clock. So I rolled up down there. Frank's um, Porridge came from Frankston, the same as I did, and he had a tear in his eye. I was, I was just bamboozled. He said, mate, the, the sack you, off you go. So off I went. Um... Tony Ferrugia, the football manager at that stage, came around, but my Rottweiler wouldn't let him in, so Millie never eventuated anyway. But cut a long story short, he got in, we signed, um, drove to Waverley on, on the Saturday with um, my wife Roxy, a bloke called Murray Plant, and a bloke called Paul McMahon. We're just, we're just sitting in the car, just so bizarre. Roll up, pull into where the players park, and I jump out of my car, and on the left, a bloke jumps out of his car, and a bloke on the right jumps out of his car. One, Stephen Nick, who's playing for North Melbourne, who's the best man at my wedding six weeks prior. <laughs> he's looking at me and saying, mate, what are you doing here? I said, mate, the game's been changed. He's gone, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, but then he saw Lee, and, he, and Barney's gone, mate, what are, you, Granny, what are you doing here? I just gone, well, I'm with you. Um, Icky, I'll catch up after the game. We'd already organised I'd catch up with him at the Wheels Hill or something like that. So I walked with Lee into the ground, and then he went up the race, and I just thought, I can't do this at this stage. So I went and sat in the grandstand. Um, in those days, we only had to be inside the rooms an hour prior to the game. Now I think it's about six hours before the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you're right, Russell. Yeah, you know, all that. So uh, about five to... Five to one, I kissed Roxy goodbye. I said, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. So I walked down onto the ground, up the race, and walked into a room with blokes we only, I think, only played about. I've been playing against them for nearly eight years, played only about four or five weeks prior. And um, I don't even know who greeted me with the, the jumper. We see Green, here's your jumper. And everyone's looking at me, so what's going on here? No one knew. No one knew. It was really a well-kept secret. That's preposterous, isn't it, really? Well, it was... But what what made it worse was um, uh, I never got a kick. Um, I played terribly. Um, after the game, 
Uh, a bloke called Chris Muir, three-quarter time, came on, had 14 touches, and I'm pretty sure that's the, 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 the amount of kicks and handballs I had. He turned the game on. Several six goals down three-quarter time. He kept kicking the ball at Danny Long end. He'd go one bounce, go bang. Uh, Moncrief or Matthews or something, Bomber Hendry would kick a goal. We got done by five points. So I walked, after I had a shower, I walked out, didn't know anyone to talk to, went to the car, met Roxy at the car, and she said, oh, that's fantastic. I said, well, no, they're all in there crying. Not crying, but just, they make me so upset. that I said, Roxy said, they only got done by five points. I said, I know, but it was, so from that very instant, I realised that I, that I was in a, a different place. And six weeks later, a bloke called Ron Cook, who was the president. Ron, I met Ron at a function, and he came up to me. He said, Russell, my name's Ron Cook. I said, oh, g'day, mate. I didn't know who he was at that stage. I'm the, president of, I'm the president of this football club, and I've got to tell you, Russell, and he's looking at me right between the eyes, who's this flog? I've got no idea who you are. <laughs> and he's, and oh, I certainly know who he is now, a highly respected person at the club. But, you know, I've had a few beers, and we go, who are you? And, um, He's gone, I'm the president of the Hawthorne Football Club. I'm Ron Cook. And I'm going to tell you, Russell, I welcome you here now. But if I was not in hospital, you would not be here. <laughs> Shook my hand and walked away. And I've got, oh, geez, that's, um, that's a bit different. But anyway, <laughs> so I, but it, uh, I was, you know, obviously got on very well with Ron after that. But I really knew that I was um, in a different place. And at Expectations that stage, were high, wasn't it? Absolutely, and they were in the lull at that stage. They won yeah, it in '78. Um, they went two years without making the finals, which is un- or three years maybe, which is unheard. Yeah, of, yeah, no, for, uh, missed the '79, '80, and '81. So, but uh, at the end of '80, '81, you know, uh, you know, Chris Mew is playing, uh, Chris Langford's coming on board, Buckamar is there, uh, a kid called Dermot Britton has come on board. Uh, and it's just the influx of just absolute. My last game, um, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Everyone was either an All Australian or at least a State of Origin player. Yeah. Now you boys have got the records there, I, but I, I know the vast. And it was just a, a super side, a, a side that played for the coach um, Alan Jeans. I know the boys. No, play for Park and then Kennedy and Jeans was from the same ilk, and it was just mate. You really, if if we ever got beaten, which um, I think the vast majority of blokes who played in that era, the winning winning percentage you know, per player was somewhere between seventy and eighty five percent. So we had we, we had you know we played eighty three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Missed out ninety. Played ninety one. I mean, it was just a uh, five premierships. It was just a an, an amazing era to 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 have been involved in, and three very important um, factors. You must have very strong administration. Senior players must be unbelievable, and your coaching staff. Hawthorne had all those three ingredients working for that entire time, and we were all blessed. Um, I I when I first got there, uh, I used to look at you know, blokes like Scotty Matthews, Tucky. Uh, Knightsy, O'Heller and Peyton and they were all premiership players and yeah. I, was, I was a bum who, who regularly got done by 100 points um, so I, I had to 
through that influence, I I knew I had to make. They batted down to number eleven. I, I to to get a game, I had to make a lot of sacrifices. And as Abby always says, I'll reflect back on him. Is that um, this form of um, discipline is a self-imposed um, discipline, and that's you know changed my life entirely around. Um, just because I wanted to be become a premiership player. Because as if you ask any kid now, I, I coach. I'm assistant coach for my grandson Bo for East Sandy. And my son Stephen's the coach, and all these you know all these young young boys you know they they want to play AFL. They they just idolise the players and all that. And and when I got to Hawthorne, all these blokes were Premiership players, and I wasn't. Um, if you read Dangerfield's article last week, um, super player, best player playing AFL footy for the last three or four years. But he feels as though he's not complete because he's not a premiership player. And um, so us Hawthorne Group, we've been we've been blessed with the success, and it comes it comes with just hard work. And as I mentioned before, um, administration's got to be rock rock solid. Senior players, you have a look at Matthews. Um, I know Mike Sheehan says that Wayne Carey is the best. I just don't get that. He must have had a few drinks when he wrote that article. <laughs> Wayne Carey is it. Look, Wayne, don't get me wrong. Wayne Carey is there with Ablett and Lockett and Dunstall. I still have Dunstall above all of those. Um, but um, Matthews was by far the best I've ever, ever. If you just if you just go through his his record, you know we, we won't do that. But he was uh, he was an absolute superstar. Now, boys. Um, now, Russell, you were a bum who went on to captain Victoria, playing three premierships, six grand finals. So you had a fantastic career when you, when you boil it all down. And uh, that very first game uh, was for St Kilda, not for Hawthorne, but a uh, terrific 304-game career. And we thank you for being part of our humble little, you can always tell them you played one game. <laughs> yeah, no, look, boys, Kevin, Paul, I, my wife always says to me, you ramble. So I was probably rambling, but... Um, I really love reflecting, and footy's been such a huge part of my my life, my family's life. Um, and I really appreciate you asking me to come on to your segment, and um, I've no thoroughly problem, enjoyed it. Our pleasure, Grindy. Thanks for that, mate. We, uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Kevin. If the house is rocking, don't bother now.